Hi, I'm Phnom. Hi, I'm Mardis. And today we're going to talk about design for disability. When we think of designing for disability, we might think of people missing limbs or people in wheelchair, but really it encompasses a much larger group of people, including us perhaps. Some of us are slow learners or some of us don't have a great sense of dexterity. Traditionally, designing for disability was focused on medical devices. And now we can see in everyday product, the inspiration that comes directly from design for disability. The old way of designing for the disabled was really focused on pure functionality, but it didn't really give a consideration to dignity, taste, look, how they felt when they used it. Now, when we look at devices designed for the disabled, they're really cool, they're impressive, and almost superhuman in many respects. But how do we get there consistently? The first point we'd like to make here is that designing for disability starts with listening. One way we can do it is with ethnographic research, where we observe how people live in their life and really pick up on these insights that can be translated into design solutions. Another way is to sit down with these people and ask them specific questions about function, about integration into their lifestyle, about desires, and really get personal about how certain details about design can really change their life exponentially. Designing for the disabled is really about creating customized design solutions. And there's different ways we can do that. One is creating an alignment between the need and the function of the device. But other ways of doing it are also looking at material science. We have so many materials that we can explore that really align with a specific use case, with a specific user and how they like to live their life. But then let's take it a step further. With devices that have electronics in it, we can incorporate machine learning and artificial intelligence. And this allows the device itself to adapt and change to the lifestyle of the user. And it does it sort of on the fly. It learns what you like and then applies a solution specific to your needs. Imagine you're missing an arm, but you're trying to grab an apple and bite into it. Back in the day, you, know, you, you perhaps had a straw in your mouth that was connected to a keypad that created a command that eventually was translated to the robotic arm so it could grab the apple and give it to you. But what if you shortened the time of reaction from your brain thought to grabbing the apple as instantly as we do it naturally with natural arms? We can do that now by connecting the artificial arm to the nerve ends connected to our brain. This kind of technology is so exciting because it brings more natural behaviors to the lives of people who need it the most. When we think about prosthetics, oftentimes we think about just solving the problem, putting the arm back on. But what if we go really far beyond that? What if we can create superhumans? What if we can create prosthetics or devices for the human body that allow us to be something much better, greater, faster, stronger than we ever imagined? Let's talk about how designing for the disabled benefits the rest of us. Industrial design is focused on creating lots of products at scale, and generally people can afford these products because when you're producing a lot, you really drop the price. 
when you start designing for disability, it's typically one-off, designed specifically for one individual. It takes a lot of time and energy, and the costs go up, so it makes it not very accessible for everyone. We're at a point where mass customization is attainable at a reasonable cost through things like rapid prototyping and rapid manufacturing. And through this, we're able to satisfy more customers at scale. And we know that more customers, when they're happy, they buy more products, the company's happier, and this puts investors at ease too, because suddenly they can see a valuable market and a great return on investment. Longevity is on people's lips these days a lot because we are aware of the fact that we're living longer and longer. But what are we gonna do <laughs> these, these extra years that we have on this earth? In 1990, there were less than 100,000 centenarians on this planet. By 2050, it is estimated that almost 4 million of us are going to be around. So what we're gonna do as designers is create a world, create products, create environments that make the world kinder on our body and our minds. One example of a company that's done that very well for decades is OXO Good Grips. Originally, OXO was developing products to help people with arthritis, you know, do things in the kitchen like everybody else. And then they realized that people without arthritis also benefited greatly from ergonomically designed products. And so from there, their small market became a huge one, and now their products are synonymous with good kitchen appliances. Disability is not a label anymore. It's an opportunity for innovation. Think about the environment we live in now. It's noisy, there's planes, there's cars, and we're seeing more and more hearing loss. What if we take that technology that we see in hearing aids and we put them into an average set of headphones? Typically a headphone is just a speaker driver and a band. But now, if we're able to filter out sounds like loud noises or cars and filter in sounds like talking to someone you love, that allows us to cater the world around us to help us improve our lifestyle and potentially even extend our quality of hearing. What happens in an environment where everyone is disabled? If you really think about it, space is that environment. So the role of a designer in all of this is to make sure that we change the environments and the products that we're using in a way that adapts to what natural human bodies need, but also function for what we need to do in space, like working, sleeping, going to the bathroom, eating, and all of those basic things that we don't really think about twice when we have gravity. As designers and architects, think of all the new materials, new products, new technologies and robotic help that we create up there that can be translated to Earth-based applications. If we can design for the extreme environment of space and bring it back to Earth, then we can satisfy so many different needs in ways that we never imagined. The takeaway of this episode is designing for disability actually benefits all of us. It forces us to think of individuals instead of averages. It pushes us to innovate quicker so we can benefit more people all over the world. And then finally, it helps put the human experience back at the core of design. Thank you for joining us today on this episode about Design for Disability. Put comments below, tell us what you think. And until next time, bye-bye.